I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. So this is When East Meets West. Hey, Nikki, what is going on? I'm so happy to introduce ourselves to everybody. So this is our introductory episode, so people get a little sense about who we are. Yeah, for literally from East to West, in case you guys are uh, unaware, probably haven't looked at our website yet, but Pete's actually um, at home in New Jersey on the East Coast, and I'm in L.A., on the so, West Coast. So check it out. But it's the summer, so I got my tank on. So I look like <laughs> I just came from the beach. I did come from the pool close to the beach, but not the LA beach, that's for sure. But <laughs> you know, I think I'm really excited for this uh, this project that you and I are working on. And yeah. we're going to, you know, it, t- this episode is about introducing to who we are as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to start with myself, uh, yes. which... I, I always joke because I think uh, I don't like introductions, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> I think introductions for me are always like really uncomfortable because they're also like long. And when like people read this stupid bio, I'm just like, mm-hmm. who is that person? I'm right here. You know, I don't need to read well, this stuff. That's that's why it's my job. And uh, Pete and I have joked about this for that. I'll definitely uh, slide in and, and uh, say my, my bragging statements about Pete because, um, yeah, I will. Because and me I, on you. I, yeah, I know, I know, I but you know, I've, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to do the intro. I, I, I want, I want to, I want everyone to know about all the awesome stuff that you're doing. Yeah, well, then people will start to see how annoyingly, like, get along, <laughs> like how annoyingly we get along. I know, but, I know. So, so Pete Economo, and uh, often like my students, my clients, they call me Dr. Pete. Uh, and uh, for the for the purposes of this ep- like of this series, we're going to call ourselves Pete. You know, Pete and Nikki. We're going to go Pete and mm-hmm. Nikki first names. Um, I do have a lot of athletes and high performers mm-hmm. I work with who call me Pete, and I think that's great because I think it's the humanness of what of what we do. So I do have a private practice. I work with high performers, as I just said. So I've worked with you know professional high level collegiate athletes. Uh, that's kind of transferred over to also working with some high performers in New York, whether it's like law or finance, things of that nature. And really helping people just to kind of find some balance in this world and this thing that we call life. So I have a PhD in counseling psychology. Uh, I am board certified in cognitive and behavioral therapy. And, uh, you know, I I always, what else do I got there? I was going to say Rutgers, a little oh, bit Rutgers. Right. Yeah, Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I am uh, an associate professor at Rutgers mm-hmm. University, which is over here in Jersey. Hey, that's our whole <laughs> thing, the, the, the East and the West, right? Yes. Uh, I've been there for about two years, but I was a professor before that for about seven or eight years. Um, so right now I'm running a master's program within the Graduate School of Professional and Applied Psychology. And I'm just so thrilled to be here. I've got two dogs uh, and I think life is great. I think life is tough. Yes. And life and, is great. And and, and lovely and, and lovely. lovely and yes. lovely. So yes. so that's who I am. And I'll talk a little bit. And, uh, well, uh, I'll say that for a minute, but like think about our mindfulness practice. But yeah. let me, let's introduce yourself, Nikki. I'm so, and I met Nikki when Nikki was living on the East Coast. So that's yes. our East meets West. Well, and I was, I was, maybe I'll use that as a bridge before I talk about um, my own personal background is because it's actually, uh, it's actually about to be our 10 year friendship anniversary. Uh, <laughs> Nikki's so good at anniversaries. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's you'll actually, learn that about her. Yeah, you will. You will. So literally uh, in a few days will be 10 years uh, wow. since Pete and I met and we met on our um, clinical internship, which um, in psychology is basically like residency for psychologists. Um 
and yeah, uh, we we just really hit it off right right away. Um, well, we we first were, when when Nikki said to me, you might, I don't know if you when we first met. I remember we were walking. We were in Newark, New Jersey, which yes, is uh-huh. beautiful, uh, and we were walking from one building to the next. And I remember us like really kind of hitting off talking and you're like yeah. I'm from MLA and, and my best friend at that time was from San Diego and I was like yes. oh yeah California. I, I, do, I do remember <laughs> and I was like I was like oh I, I really love it <laughs> yeah yeah I know, so, like you've never heard that before from someone yeah. from the east coast that's like yes, oh, I, west coast yes I, I got very used to that uh <laughs> when I was living in New York um yeah. I got very used to that but that's okay I also I understand it they're they're two very different places and uh, you know we also found that we we uh, share some similarities though we there shared a some, lot of similarities like a, yeah a lot of similarities yeah Pete you're my female did. version I know. Well, you're my male version. We always joke <laughs> that we're the same. We're kind of the same person sometimes on the inside. So um, true. Yeah. Not on the outside though. If you saw a Pete is no. very tall and I am very, very <laughs> short. short. <laughs> and you're very blonde and cute and I'm not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'll use that. Now I guess I'll talk, a little bit about my, uh, I'll talk a little bit about my uh, professional background. So I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I'm licensed um, in New York uh, from the time I practiced there. And then uh, now in California, uh, when I moved back to my, my hometown of Los Angeles. Um, and my background um, is uh, also in uh, cognitive behavioral therapies um, and mindfulness, uh, which I came to, um, I guess we'll talk more about this in a moment, but uh, I came to in graduate school. Um, I love cognitive behavioral therapies. I love behavioral science. I'm a huge, huge dork for them. Um, I'm also an um, assistant clinical professor at uh, UCLA, uh, where I train doctoral students um, in acceptance and commitment therapy act, which is a type of, uh, type of CBT. Um, I also have a dog. A giant, giant we love dogs. retriever. Yeah, we love dogs. We're crazy yeah. for dogs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's it, right? Well, you're all, private you're, practice. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're just one of the like best and most amazing clinicians I know. And you'll have an app out at some yes. point. Yes, at some point, working on it. Yeah, yes. working. It. We're we're about to do some uh, some beta testing on that. So amazing. We, yeah, working working on a working on an app for for the for the general public out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because one of the things that you and I are both committed to is really like helping people manage their suffering. And I think it's important, you know, one of the things we'll say, you guys are, you know, you've already heard this, you've read this, but this is not therapy, you know, and so while with our clients, we like to help them work on gaining tools to manage their stress and to live a life more fully, this is not therapy. And so what we're trying to do is both educate you know, and tr- uh, I like to say entertain. Nikki's not so yeah. thrilled on that, but we'll I, we'll get he, there. I I I, so I understand it. I will. I hope I hope people are entertained. Uh, yeah. And I'm very into. This goes back to the the yeah. very darky part of myself about behavioral science. I'm really into the getting the information out there. So to Pete's point, yes, yeah. this is not therapy. That's the big legal disclaimer here, right? Yeah. <laughs> that our lawyer wants us to make sure uh, we're clear about. Um, what we are doing though is providing accurate information about mindfulness and behavioral science because unfortunately and this bums me out to no end there's not a lot of great information out there that's so true right don't you well, agree i mean well and especially cuz i when we first met 10 years ago on our anniversary yeah, uh-huh. you know i think you really helped me form my own I have always been very CBT in my practice. I didn't always have the language to formulate it, but really you helped me do that. And I, I don't know if I've ever, I mean, I know we've talked about it, but I, I must want to say thank you. Like, I think oh, that was well, really, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. My, 
my passion for case case formulation. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, sh- I wouldn't shut up about it. No, good. <laughs> I, think don't. That's what, I would not shut up about it. No. Um, similarly though, you know, Pete really helped, uh, inform my flourishing, blossoming mindfulness practice, which I had come to in graduate school, as I said, though, you know, Pete himself, I don't think he mentioned this yet, uh, is a Zen practitioner. Well, perfect segue. Uh, Yeah. I think, I I don't think he said that, right? I I didn't. Well, we'll talk about mindfulness. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So this, you know, this, the idea of like East and West is we're bridging this gap between the Eastern, you know, spiritual practice, which is this term mindfulness. And you and I are going to be breaking this down over the course of this podcast so that people, when they hear it, it's not just this word mindfulness. Like it's got on the cover of Times, Anderson Cooper's had it on CNN. You know, it's every where now like dan harris with 10 percent happier and so what we're going to do is say like yeah these are great resources we're glad people yes. are talking about it and we're going to be able to articulate the science behind that practice right and the history i would say the that history, that yeah. that that what's amazing about it being such a now very popular word and and practice in the united states is that more people are open to it and doing it we're like you know 15 yeah, 15 years ago, definitely 20 years ago, it was kind of looked at as like this woo-woo thing that no one wanted to touch. Though, you know, the problem with the Western approach too is that sometimes it can lose some of its context in the historical piece. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree with that? A hundred percent. And I think, and so one of the things Mm -hmm. I find myself saying often is like, I think it's one of the differences of training in the West, because I think my training in counseling psychology kind of looked more at like historical context, multicultural context, you know, whereas historically this has changed, um, but historically clinical psychology was more sort of pathologizing a medical model you know, of things, but what these are going to be. So for me, I am a Zen practitioner. Um, I was in the world of Zen ish, like sampling at the buffet as I was getting into grad school, uh, which Nikki, you'll talk yeah. about how for you, grad school really kind of entered you into that yes. world. I think yeah, I was I sort of sampling right as I was getting in. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't understand it. So like for you, you had, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't either. I mean, I, true. I was, I was frankly, I, Oh, I've said this to many a patient actually to let them know people that are turned off to it. I was turned off to it because growing yeah. up in LA, there was, you know, again, this sort of like woo woo presentation. Yeah. And I, I, it, I just never understood what it was. It's it, to me, it seemed, um, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it just, it didn't resonate with me because, and yeah. I didn't frankly even know what it was. So well, when what I, we know now is when you're ready, it resonates. Yes. And it's when you're not ready, it doesn't resonate. You don't get it. Well, it, yes, I agree with that. And I think who's communicating it, wow, yes. it matters. And so what I found was when I really learned what it was, the actual yeah. practice of what it was when I had the real data about it resonated right away. I connected yeah. very deeply with it. The way it was, I would say, misinterpreted and presented a lot of times didn't resonate with me. Yeah, I can't even think of some of my like early introduction to it. Certainly my faculty didn't give it to me. I could tell you that. So that's where I feel really jealous of your training because you got some of that during your training. I didn't get right, that. So yeah. I I happened to meet this guy who's still my teacher named Robert Kennedy, who is a Jesuit priest and Zen Roshi. And so with him, I started studying Zen. And it was really kind of eye-opening just to sort of see. And of course, as a good grad student, as a as a like blossoming professor, I was like, I need to do this the right way. You know, I, I, yeah. Can you relate to that? Yeah. Maybe? Well, yeah, I'm, 
as a as a rule follower myself, yes, I I can, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and I we we work with a lot of perfectionists. So there was a perfectionist in me that sat down and said, like, "Hey, Roshi, how do I become the best Zen practitioner? Because I want to know, I want to like drink what they're drinking because they yeah. like these people that you see look so chill and so calm, and I wanted to find that. So I started to. That's how I embarked on on my journey, and then that led me to like really dive into some trainings, but also now some research in what this science is which we haven't even talked about yet the mindfulness but you know it's cool to, we're gonna, people we're like bring that it to, yeah, we're gonna bring, bring it to you yeah. yeah and then how to apply it to this western world of suffering and i think the thing that's key there for me that you and i will talk about before you talk about your relationship with mindfulness is that john cabot zinn that we you and i have talked to you know we that is our that is the man who kind of brought this to the west mm-hmm. mostly i mean Eugene, yeah Ginland was there before with focusing, one could argue, but at the same time, Pop- popularized I as would say. popularized. Yes. And he said that the East, like modern psychology in the West is the East is like the, the attempt of relieving suffering that the East just accepts as natural. That's, that's right. That's right. And, and in the West culturally and, and in the United States, obviously we're in the United States, so we can speak yeah. uh, uh, best to that we're not very good at talking about painful things. No. Really not. We're really not. Um, We're really much more into let's, you know, chin up, see the bright side of things. Yeah, hey, good, yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, I hear that a lot uh, in my practice, people saying they don't like, like the phrase, like, how are you? Yeah. It's like, how am I supposed to answer that? And I'll say, well, it is, you know, it's a greeting. It's just how a greeting in, in uh, American English, it's a common greeting. And I understand why that's bothersome because yeah, yeah. You're, we're not always good. Yeah. So that's the expectation is to say, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. So how'd you, so you, you got this in, in, in grad school. And so where would you say you are today with mindfulness and your relationship with it? In grad school, uh, I got it very early on with my first actually therapy supervisor, uh, Dr. Aaron Aviera, he brought it into our training right from the get-go, connected with that. Then I was involved in these third wave cognitive behavioral therapies, which integrate mindfulness as mm-hmm. as uh, essential and foundational components to the work. And that actually also, I, I want to mention, uh, brought me to yoga. A friend yes. of mine who from grad school was a big yoga practitioner, and I also had a judgment about it. And it was hmm. before yoga had exploded, you know, as it, as it has, uh, in recent years. And I started having a pretty serious yoga practice, which I've been doing for about eight years, I guess. So where I'm at with mindfulness now is in terms of my personal life, yoga is extremely consistent in my life. I'm always maintaining a committed practice to We've that. We've done it together. We've done it together many a time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pete has a great sweatshirt from a yoga studio we went to. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one my favorite, Montauk, one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so uh, a lot of yoga. And then in terms of meditation, I go in and out of a sitting practice, you know, kind of based on what's going on in my life. In the current climate of the pandemic, I actually made a commitment to sit every day, which I've been doing and really enjoying. And I'm going to try to continue that, uh, you know, in the months to follow, though I don't have any judgment with myself. I should or shouldn't. It's kind of like what works for me. It's a relationship. I, I mean, no is. relationship in life is great. No. <laughs> or they, I mean, look, that's the bottom line, it's, but also there's an perfect. up and down. It's not, yeah. It's an up and down. It's an ebb and flow of what's, yeah. and what's workable. So around flexibility, which I'm, right. I'm really into. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's, that's where I'm at with mindfulness. And, and I guess as a, as a practitioner, mindfulness is what I consider to be the foundation of all of the work that I do because it, in my personal opinion, beautifully 
aligns with behavioral science because mindfulness is a behavior. Yeah. It's a behavior of being present, of paying attention. So define us behavioral science because I think that's one of the things we wanted to also touch upon. Yeah. 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 So behavioral science is kind of a broad term that encompasses the study of behaviorism. So the, the mini behavioral uh, science lesson I'm going to give to our listeners is Behaviorism goes back when is when was Skinner? Nineteen twenties? Oh gosh. Don't ask me that. But either way, it was people rats chasing to the end. Rats in the mazes, right? Learning how an easy way to actually try to explain yeah, explain it is when people are if you're if you're training your dog and you're training them with reinforcement and what's called extinction or with your kids, you're trying to get them to stop tantruming and you're ignoring them. That actually all comes from behavioral science called operant conditioning. That's right. Uh, Pavlov's dogs, the dog salivating when they hear the bell. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. That's called classical conditioning. These are all theories of learning. How do we learn certain behaviors? And we know a lot about that. It's really old stuff. Modern behaviorism has continued to evolve where they've now studied language as a behavior. So there's a type of behavioral science called relational frame theory, which is extremely complex. Uh, (sighs) Unfortunately, not taught a lot in a lot of grad programs, though pretty cool stuff honestly yeah because what i'll say to my like the listeners or to clients i'll say like think of a ball tree or a pencil and the minute i just said those words you had an image and you may have even had like a memory about it and essentially Mm -hmm. those are the neurological pathways of relational frame theory that says like words create images they create feelings they create memories there's all this stuff that happens i don't know that's that's how i do it that's that's a great way that's actually probably one of the best uh simple (laughs) ways i mean i like to break i'm sorry i'm simple yes i (laughs) Hey, I, that that was fantastic. I, I was I was thinking of when I taught RFT in a grad class once, and how long yeah. it took me to make the slides because it hurt my brain so bad as I it, was working through it. I think it's because some of us just gets caught up in it, and it, you know. And I think neuroscience. One thing we could say is that neuroscience is so new. You know, we've been yeah, we've, we've been doing surgeries on the heart for like hundreds of years and you know so i think that the, that the brain is just so new, like we just don't get it. And what I say to to people in general is think about mm-hmm. the mind. Where is it? I also like to say that the mind, it lives in our skulls, not the same thing as the brain. Brain's an organ. Yeah. Brains, sometimes they don't work so well. Well, and I say, what, what's to say your mind's not in your knee? Or what's to say your mind's not in the universe? You know, I, I really go sure. really philosophical on you. So, 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 so you get you you get into the consciousness. Are we gonna, are we gonna like get into quantum? No, we're not doing that today. <laughs> no, eventually we'll do that, but okay. not today because I really challenge people to think about what this all means because sure. there's because the thing about mindfulness is that people are threatened by their thoughts, and what yes. we're doing what we're doing is diffusing from it, and that's relational frame theory, and that's the bridging of behavioral science with Eastern um, spiritual practices. Beautifully said, Pete. I. Could not have said it better myself. That was, could that have, was excellent. Because actually, I, I don't you're a much better teacher than I could ever be. <laughs> I don't think that's true. It's so true. <laughs> I is, really, well, it's so true. I was just going to say, this is where everyone's going to get annoyed. We're, we're going, no, you. No, you. It's like, no, no, you hang up. You yeah. hang up. It's going to be like that. <laughs> oh, my God, remember that? Oh, that was the worst. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. So, oh, well, and, then, and, yeah. and then when those adolescents come to us for like, for clinical work of like, I broke up with someone. I'm like, hey, boy. I know. Yeah, oh. That's why, in full disclosure, Nick and I tend to work with adults. <laughs> we do. We do work with some adults. I, I, I do I love my adolescents too. I, my college age. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And they all go through a breakup. Oh. Life. See, Life. Well, and, that bring, and that, that brings us back to sort of why we're doing this is because both Eastern spiritual traditions and Western behavioral science have really important things to say about how to navigate all these difficulties while also creating a life that's filled with connection yeah. and joy and love 
yeah. and depth that they're not um, mutually exclusive, which I think is the framework in the United States. A lot of times that, you know, in order to, yeah. to have joy, you have to get rid of the awful, painful stuff. Yeah, and think it's about all these celebrities true. that have not made it, you know, that have either taken their lives or, you know, or how many people know. that we've, that make a lot of money and, you know, they're just, it doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. So I think it, it is about what you, I love how eloquently you said, and it's values, like what's important. And I think, you know, one of the things we can talk about really quick as we're wrapping this up already is that for us, this is not necessarily our value to put ourselves out here in a very vulnerable way. Yeah. But it, but, but, but what's important to us is that we educate so that people might suffer a little bit less because I think for us, it is important that we bring this science to folks because there's not a lot of great science out there about the actual work that we do in a clinical room, in a classroom or things of that nature. Yeah, agreed. And well, and maybe to just reframe that slightly is like, actually there is a lot of great science, just not a lot of access to it. That's right. right? That well, not yeah. a lot of, not a lot of uh, general knowledge about what exists and and yeah, it is, it's a value of, of uh, Pete and I's, if I hopefully I can speak for you a little you bit can. here to get to, to contribute and, and share that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not my preference to actually do a podcast or be, be public. <laughs> uh, you know, Pete, Pete's been but trying I to get me to do something. Yeah, he's been trying to get me to do something like this for a honestly, like years, a years, years and years. And, yeah. and as a very it private worked, person, people, I know worked. I'm a pretty private person, even though I, don't sound that way I am. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you for, for helping me be more willing to no, live aligned with my values and be uncomfortable to, to, to do this. Well, and also thank you for being willing to be vulnerable. And that's what we're going to talk about in an upcoming episode. So this, the episodes, y'all are going to hear things, uh, and I'm not from the South, I just say y'all sometimes, <laughs> but you're going to hear things about like the Eastern Western practices, you know, coping skills, basic cognitive and behavioral therapy, behaviorism. Uh, you're going to hear things about obviously mindfulness, meditation, um, racism, all topics because frankly, what we do see is psychological science can be framed basically in anything. Yes. You can't talk to me about going to the grocery store or going to the disco or going to the beach without having some psychological science in the decision-making to get there, the mm -hmm. behavior to get there and the judgment that occurs while you're there. Well, cause uh, all those, <laughs> all those examples you just gave are human experiences human and experiences. we can't ignore psychology if we're humans. No. We're, you know, it's the human, the human condition, the human experience. We have ways to talk about it and we want you guys to have that information and hopefully you'll understand not just how your brains work maybe a little bit better. Yeah. You'll also understand how to interact with those brains in ways that maybe can, can be helpful to, to connecting with the the life that that you you want for yourself that's right well nikki this was awesome i cannot wait for these upcoming episodes same here and uh y'all like tune in like us follow us and i can't wait well for the upcoming episode tune in next this has been when east meets west i'm dr pete economo and i'm dr nikki rubin be present be brave This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.